Today is Friday, September 30th. Cooler Talk, Episode 5. Going to start off the show the way we always do. Got a little weekend recap. Aaron Judge hits his 61st home run. Then we're going to hit some recaps on college football. Some exciting news regarding our schedule uh, and the show. And then get into our cards combined with a little preview of NFL Week 4. So... Without further ado, we'll get right into the weekend recap. Besides, I got a big day tomorrow. But, but you guys have a great time. A big day? Doing what? Well, um, it's actually a pretty nice little Saturday. We're, uh, we're going to go to Home Depot. Yeah, buy some wallpaper, maybe get some flooring, stuff like that. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Use it. <laughs> All right, Dom, episode five. How we doing? How we doing? Feeling good. It's uh, a little bit later in the week than usual, so that means we're closer to Friday. So gotta love that. Um, I think it's pretty funny doing a weekend recap on a Friday for the past weekend. But you know what? Life gets in the way sometimes, and that's how it's. That's how we're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Well. I guess uh, I guess I'll just go through my weekend real quick. Then it was a it was a classic post grad weekend. Got uh got out on a pretty normal hour on Friday. Didn't do anything too crazy. But uh, Saturday was like one of the most post grady post grad weekends you could have. Um, me and a bunch of my friends uh, we went to the Ohio State bar again for the OSU Wisconsin night game and. The amount of people I had like a quick casual conversation with that like I hadn't seen since college was electric. So many like, oh, you live here now? Like, oh, like what neighborhood? Oh, no way. Yeah, I live by uh, Clark Street. Oh, yeah, no way. Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you around. All right. Yeah, yeah. Still still dating whoever. Yeah, yeah. Like classic, like nice five minutes in, five minutes out. We both know that like neither of us care that much how each other's doing, but we feel like both feel obligated to like just shoot the shit for a second. So that was pretty electric. I mean, Ohio State won by like a million, so there was a lot of time for those like, you know, half hearted conversations. But uh yeah, Not I guess that was stress. the highlight of yeah. the weekend was pretending to care about like a a million people who I not that I don't care about them, but like there's a reason we haven't talked in a long time. Like we're not like huge fixtures in each other's lives. So we did we did a quick, you know, like high five, what's up, and then went back to our tables. So that was the highlight of my weekend. <laughs> You got to keep those those uh, options open. You never know when someone's going to end up back in your life. You might need them for something. So, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's always a good time though to run into people. But I think it's just so funny when once you do like three in a row, you're like, wait a second, there's something going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, eventful weekend. Turn twenty four. Uh. So you sent me this beautiful mic. That's why my voice is crystal clear coming over the airways, uh, which was a pleasant surprise. But I went out for dinner on Thursday night, hibachi, a, a staple in my life for big, for big uh, events and big meals. But I made a reservation online, and then I get a call saying that they had to um, cancel my reservation for hibachi. Because and there is a little bit of a language barrier. Like shout out to these people who own restaurants and can speak multiple languages. But they said quickly in a loud restaurant on the phone, no, there's no hibachi chefs tomorrow. So I thought that either means one of two things: that one is either it's a 
very small, intimate hibachi restaurant with one chef who's taking a day off, probably well-deserved as they're open every day. So he must be working excruciating hours and having to put on that brave face uh, and toss that egg into his hat every night tirelessly. Or the second option is that it's like a normal-sized hibachi place and there's 15 different hibachi chefs and they're all on vacation, which I would presume together. And that is how what I like to imagine. And I was not even upset that I had to find a new place. I was more just thought, got caught up in the thoughts of, is this a one-man show or is it, is there a crew of hibachi chefs somewhere in the United States just partying their asses off? Yeah, so I was reading your blog, actually, and I was thinking about it. Like, what if all 15, like, why, why stop there? Why stop with, like, them just vacationing together? What if they all lived together? Like, what if there was, like, hibachi house? Like, what if that was, what if that was, like, a new Food Network special? Like, 15 chefs enter. Only one will leave. Like, relationships are broken. Like, they throw, like, a guy throwing an egg into the other guy's hat, and, like, the other guy's really sad and takes him, like, <laughs> cracks it. Like, last week they were best friends. Now he, like, leveraged him for, like, more scallions or something. Like, just, like, a, it's, like, Chopped and Big Brother, like, put together. And, like, it's the Hibachi yeah. house. They just all live together. The Hibachi, hibachi house. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, I have so many. Also, it's just like hibachi is so interesting to me. I don't know how it started. Like, was there somebody like a chef messing around in the kitchen, like flipping stuff around? And then a little kid was like looking through the window, uh, looking back like the classic Coke commercial with like Mean Joe Green where he tosses his jersey. And the chef like tosses a piece of zucchini to the little <laughs> kid standing in the hallway. And then they're like, why don't we just do this every single night? Uh why don't we save room instead of having a kitchen? We just make the kitchen at the tables. Whoever did it, a brilliant idea. Yeah, maybe we should do like a – maybe once a week we'll just do a history A deep dive? And we'll, yeah, and we'll just be like, all right, this the is history what, of actually, everything you need to know. Yeah, hibachi in, hibachi in like three minutes. Like everything you need to know in three minutes about hibachi. Stay tuned for next and week. And it was also – it was also for me a very um, Japanese – birthday because after hibachi i went to karaoke so i really was getting cultured uh some man put on the performance of a lifetime to come on eileen it was not as packed as the bar uh has been on a karaoke thursday so he had the mic and was running around the bar like uh like there was a super bowl halftime show and i was cracking up it was awesome um but hibachi and karaoke it doesn't get much better than that what's your karaoke song I have a list um, in my phone <laughs> that I like to consult depending on the mood. Um, so before he cheats is always a good one, and the bar we oh, always yeah. country theme. So that one, that one always plays. Um, Fuck you by CeeLo Green is a good one. Shout out uh, Aaron Chris, that's his go-to. Um, there's so many good ones. Whenever I'm out of a karaoke place and I hear a good one, I write it down in my notes. So I have a little compilation. <laughs> that's awesome. I used to do. Um... My my sophomore and junior year, uh, I did it. I don't know if I. I think I did it once senior year, like the last time I ever went to the karaoke bar. But I used to do Dixieland Delight, and I'd make sure I did it like when the bar got pretty packed, so I'd get a pretty good crowd because it's, it's a, a good, good one. Th- yeah, like yeah. and I'll be the Ohio State. It's like a sing along. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd do like spend my money on beer, and I'd put it to the crowd. And like you know, there'd be a lot of nights where like no one was really paying attention, and I was like, wow, I'm kind of wasting a lot of energy, but. 
there was one night like right before winter break my junior year where I, I legitimately like for like five seconds felt like I was a rock star. Like it, it was like people put their yeah. flashlights out and everything. And I, I, I went up like to talk to one of my friends and like <laughs> someone came up to me and they're like, are you the kid who sang that song like five minutes ago? And I was like, wow, like this is so cool. And then like five minutes later, I went back to my like stupid, pathetic life. But for five minutes there, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. You were him. So yeah, I was, I was him for, for 45 seconds, 45 seconds of him. There's, mm-hmm. there's the 15 minutes of fame and the 45 seconds of him. <laughs> that's hilarious uh well that was a pretty historic weekend for me i guess being a birthday weekend but also a historic week in the baseball world or not so historic depending on who you ask last night aaron judge hit number 61 and i think we're on the same page about this my initial thought is much ado about nothing um what is he? They're like making up things like ties the AL record. It reminds me of when Zion came in the league and people were like, he's the first person to shoot 80% from the left side of the hash on, on a Thursday night. It's like, come on. Like, why don't we sell 61? I guess it's like a Yankee record, but if he's not on the Yankees, it's still an important number. And I understand the importance of it, but it's not getting the coverage that it's getting. If it's someone's doing this out in Seattle. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially like, do you remember when Devin Booker scored like 70 and they were like, oh, highest scoring, like non-Wilt Chamberlain or Kobe Bryant game? It's like, oh, so you like remove like, I mean, I'm not going to call him the greatest scorer yeah. ever because, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain played a lot different game than they do now. But like the guy who scored like the most points per minute or whatever in his time ever, like the guy who scored all the 100 point and 70 point games and like the greatest bucket getting performance of all time. If you take all that out of it then Devin Booker's, like, got the greatest scoring game ever. It's like, yeah, like, you can say, like, you can cry steroids. Like, that is one of my least favorite things is that these pretentious old hacks sit on their throne from up above of, like, the 1960s and are like, well, Barry Bonds took performance-enhancing drugs. So, like, first of all, they never proved it. Barry Bonds is the greatest and was the greatest player before his head turned into a watermelon. His record was... He got walked intentionally that year about 120 times. Aaron Judge has 19 intentional walks this year. So if you're calling, if you're going to cry PEDs on me, like Aaron Judge has an extra 100 at bats to hit that many home runs, and he hasn't even sniffed Bonds' record. That's that whole steroid era baseball yeah. stuff gets me so mad because they're saying like, oh, now the game's pure again. Like Aaron Judge is like six foot eight, 250 pounds of pure rock hard muscle. I'm pretty sure that like he's doing something to give him an edge. I'm not saying it's illegal or not. I'm not accusing him of like taking performance enhancing drugs by oh, any I like means. This. I'm just, no, I like I'm this. Just saying, I like this take. I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying like, whatever first, he has first reported today, by cooler talk. <laughs> whatever he advantages he has today, like these cryo chambers and like these plyo things that like we had no idea about in like the late nineties, early two thousands. And like, why, that's why injuries have been reduced a lot. Like those advantages probably balance out in some ways to like what bonds was doing. Cause like bonds never used steroid. Well, he never got proven to use it first of all. And I'm not saying Aaron judge does. I'm not saying he does do not quote me on this, but I think that Aaron judge has other things at his advantage today in 2022. that give him an advantage to hit this many home runs and Barry bonds may have possibly used other advantages that were chosen to be banned. Cause like the steroids like aren't like illegal, 
I don't think, like for the public, they were just banned by the game. And again, never tested positive. But whatever he did, he did it better than everyone else. Like, like pitchers were using, guys were throwing like 104 miles an hour. Like Roger Clemens was the size of a house pumping fastballs. And Barry Bonds was simply just better than everyone else. If it was that easy, everyone would have done it. And there's no point in celebrating someone for hitting the seventh most home runs of all time just because it's the AL Yankee record. First of all, he didn't even break it. He tied it, and we're acting like he just hit his 100th home run. I think it's so ridiculous. I think it's stupid, and I think I will think it's stupid unless Aaron Judge signs with the Mets this offseason. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, uh, that was well said. I think it's – with Barry Bonds, there's no – proof that he took anything but also everyone was juicing and if everyone's juicing it's kind of like nobody is in a way if they're all in like an even playing field i think probably more than half the people were taking at least something um and no one was close to him like mcguire and sosa i guess were competitive but you take out those like three guys those weren't the only three guys who were taking steroids they were just the only ones that were hitting 60 home runs a year while doing it um no, I think it's I think it's uh, funny because like Yankee fans talk about how esteemed they are and how it's all about rings and winning and they haven't been to the World Series in like 13 years and now they're celebrating breaking franchise records. Uh, just like just a real it's it's sad really like a fall from yeah, grace for Yankee fans. Uh, I I expect more from them the way they the way they talk talk about themselves. So I just hope they can get back to where they thought they were. Um, yeah, which you know is losing what, you know I the Astros in the ALCS. Yeah. You know what I feel bad for is Roger Maris. I don't know if it was his kid or his grandson, but that guy had to go to seven straight oh, Yankee yeah. games and just, like, wait for, like, <laughs> his his family legacy to lose a significant amount of weight. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy for Aaron Judge, who, I, who made me fly across the border to Toronto and go through customs to watch him because he couldn't hit a home run for seven games. Like, you know how, like, she's like, I mean, I don't know how much that guy's got going on. I don't know if he lives, like, a normal life because I can't imagine Roger Maris had, like, made the biggest amount of salary back in those days to, like, pass it down. But I'm sure he, he made out okay off, like, you know, the legacy. But still, like, if someone told me I had to go to seven straight baseball games unless it was, like, the Mets in the playoffs, I'd be like, nah, you know what, I'm good. Like, especially if I had to fly to Toronto, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm okay. That's, I'll, watch it. I'll watch it on YouTube TV. Thanks, though. Yeah, how about the uh, poor guy who nipped off his glove? Oh God, I don't think I would ever. I mean, That's first of all, you're talking about keeping up at night. Yeah, you're a grown man with a baseball glove at a game, which is like, well, uh, to be fair, they're at that game because if there's a ball that could be hit at you that's worth upwards of half a million dollars, I would bring the biggest glove I could find. Yeah, but you wouldn't drop it. If you're bringing the glove, you need no, like no, no. I would have made the, I would have been like, I would have jumped over, I would have jumped over the rail if I had to. Oh yeah, because they, play can, you they make. can pull you out of there. But that ball's yours. That's your ball. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that. Um, I think the whole thing's overblown. I think the fact that oh, I forget what game I was watching the other day, but I was watching college football and they were taking like timeout. I think it was uh, it was Wake Clemson, which was an awesome game. And they were like, oh, we're going to take a timeout yeah. to show Aaron Judge is at bat. It's like, no, no, no. If I wanted to watch Aaron Judge hit a meaningless home run, uh, I would change the channel yeah. to Aaron Judge. Like, you could give me an alert or something like, hey, he's up. That's fine. But, like, I'm watching an awesome game. I'm watching Sam Hartman throw jump balls down the sideline. And, like, 
guys moss dudes on Clemson and go to double overtime. Like, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. I don't need to watch Aaron Judge walk for the fifth straight time. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, also in the baseball world, real quick, I just have to take a minute or two. The Philadelphia Phillies are maybe the worst team in the history of the world in September. Um, they've lost 10 of 13, got swept by the Cubs, who are lifeless. The, uh, Reese Hoskins is watching balls go right down the middle and called strike three arguing. No one can seem to get a hit. When the pitching's off, the hitting's on, and when the hitting and vice versa, it's the same shit every year. They've lost 10 out of 13 so far in September. Last year, they lost nine out of their last 11. The year before that, the COVID season, they needed, uh, they lost seven out of eight of their last eight games, missed the playoffs by a game. And then in 2018, they lost like 12 out of their last 15. And I don't know what's going on, but now they're tied with the Brewers with seven games left. I was watching today at work. Uh, they had 16 straight innings with a guy getting on base without scoring a run. And I wanted to jump off of my fire escape. But the worst part is that tomorrow at first pitch, I will be turning it on and watching. Yeah, I but mean, it's it's tough. I like they're not going to make the playoffs. If they backdoor into the playoffs, they're going to get their shit kicked in. The uh, the Phillies. Sorry, I mean it's it's almost like I, I feel bad for you, obviously because whatever. Like you know, it's tough to watch a team collapse, but it does feel like it's been years in the making. Because I would say the most I've ever been into baseball. Like amongst amongst the sports, I obviously still love the Mets, but the most I've ever been into baseball was the Mets, like oh five through like oh nine when I was in like elementary school, and that collapse we had when the Phillies overtook us, and I think you guys, I don't know, I think you guys won at least one playoff series, but like that was like our team, like that was after oh six losing in game seven yeah. in the NLCS, we come back the next year with mostly the same team, and then we have an all time collapse at the hand of the Phillies, and it's it's just nice for once, not to be that team in the NL East, but uh, obviously big weekend for the Mets, too. Got uh, got the three. You, the, uh, you th the Mets had like a 10-game lead on the division not that long ago, and they're about to be playing in the wild card round. See, I don't think that's a collapse. Is that not a collapse? Though. Dude, the Braves won the World Series last year, and the Braves have been on a tear. They this is the, the Mets are up a game. They got three games this weekend in Atlanta. They got DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. You win two out of three, you more or less clinch the division. If they win tomorrow, their magic number drops to three. And then they essentially just need to win two more games the rest of the year. I like where we're at. I think get it. I think this is my prediction. You can we can mark this. It's gonna be the 19 minute mark of episode five. If we want to bring this back for cold or the take hangover. If the New York Mets win two out of three in Atlanta this weekend, they will win the World Series. If they don't, they will not wow. make it to the World Series. They, If they get that first round by and can avoid the Dodgers till the CS or have something go wrong with the Dodgers and the LDS, they will make the World Series and win it. If they do not get that by, I am very worried for the NLDS because they will probably have to play either the Braves. They will have to play the Braves or the Dodgers with their pitching not set up. But if they can set up that pitching right into the DS against a wild card team with where, where anything can happen, they will win the World Series. I think they have all the neat, all the goods, and if they just set up that pitching properly, they will be World Series champions. 
All right, that's going to give us some great content, and probably sooner than you think. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I was so angry today. It's just, oh yeah, it's just like the payroll, like it's so bad. Well, it's by Monday's so episode, we'll probably it's have a pretty good like update on this. Oh well, I get. I guess speaking of that, should do you want to we'll we'll help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good transition. Um, so. If you're, if you've been listening from day one, shout out Aaron Christ. <laughs> you know that we like to put out a podcast either on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday to keep you on your toes, but we're going to try to be more consistent. And actually, you know what? This is like, this kind of feels like when a couple, they're on the, a marriage might be on the rocks, so they decide to have a kid. That might be how this turns out to look, but we're going to go to two episodes a week. We're going to go Monday, try to try to be out on Tuesday with some football recaps and then out on Friday for just full episode on gambling in the cards, because that's something that we both spend a lot of time on. Um, and now that we're like in the thick of conference play and football season, we're going to have way more to talk about. And that'll serve as like a weekend, like a preview for football as well. Um, Plus, I said the best gambling weekend of my life, so I feel like I'm at the, this. This could backfire, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. So hopefully, we're, we'll be on a Tuesday Friday schedule, which should be easier. But you know what? All subject to change. Yeah, definitely. So just like just to recap what you just said, I mean, Tuesday is going to be like recap of the the last weekend's games. A little bit of some of these segments we started doing, like the never nervous, the. Uh, the college or the uh, post-grad college advice for like young adults and uh, some drafts, maybe some guests at some point, you know, and then Friday is going to be pretty much a strict like gambling card pick a pick them type where um, we're pretty much going to preview the games through our cards. So if neither of us are gambling on something, we might not touch it very much, but uh, it's going to make for some good debates as uh, if you've paid attention to our cards the last couple of weeks, we've uh, we've been on the opposite sides of some games and, They've been pretty gone down to the wire, so we'll see if we can talk each other into or out of some picks uh, during that Friday episode. So that, it'll be fun. So, so yeah. So uh, that's going to be what's what's in the future. So this episode's kind of going to mirror that. We're going to spend more time on our card in the preview, given how late it is in the week. But real quick, we're just going to go through the college football and NFL recaps um, from the last weekend. Obviously, it's been a while, but uh, I mean, just just kicking it off. Conference play started a lot of places. I know Penn State's not doing uh they did the early conference game, so they got a non con and they handled business pretty easily. Uh, it was it was a worrisome for the while there, but uh any thoughts on the Penn State game just coming out of it? Uh you guys ready for Northwestern this week, which is essentially a bye. Yeah, Northwestern's bad. Um I feel really good if we I mean we beat Central Michigan as we should. Um looking ahead at the schedule though. The big obstacles are, like, we can talk right now. Like, I was all over Maryland this weekend, and I think everyone loved Michigan, and I don't think Michigan is as good as they're made out to be. And I think that showed a little bit that they're not this juggernaut, top five, unquestionable, like, team in the country. Um, And when Penn State plays them, seeing how they played this weekend, Penn State can definitely hang with a team like Michigan. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I was on Maryland as well. I had a 
had a lot on that game. Was very was very pleased with the uh, end outcome of that. But I mean, they made a lot of mistakes too. I mean, they they had a couple fumbles they couldn't recover from Michigan. I mean, JJ McCarthy's pretty uh, pretty electric, but he is not a Harbaugh QB. You can tell that he wants to put uh, put Cade in every chance he gets just to run like the the strict offense. It kind of reminds me of um, the Al- Alex Smith. Colin Kaepernick situation uh, before obviously a lot of stuff happened uh, in San Francisco, but when, when Kaepernick was just a quarterback um, and just kind of like electrifying the league and he ran for all those yards against the Packers, he kind of unlocked that Harbaugh offense somewhat similar to like what Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo's situation this year, obviously Shanahan's different offense than Harbaugh, but I think that's what Harbaugh sees when he sees JJ. He was like, okay, like last year, we beat Ohio State. We accomplished all this, but the second we got to the playoff, we didn't have enough dynamic uh, playmakers, at least, especially under center, to to win at the highest level. So that's why he he instituted JJ as the starter. And uh, I think you know, I think he might throw a pick six against Iowa. I think he's going to be all over the place. And I think uh, you guys you guys go to the big house, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think that's coming off of by I mean, August yeah, or October fifteenth. Well, two weeks to prepare. That's awesome. I mean, I think – and so, wait, you go Northwestern, then you play someone, and then you play – Northwestern on the first. No, Northwestern this weekend, bye mm-hmm. week, Michigan, whiteout, Ohio State. Wow. That is quite the stra- – I mean, two and one there, and you're alive. Yeah. Depending on what happens. I mean, depending on who the one is. I feel like they almost have to beat Ohio State to get to Indy. Um, uh, no, I'm not even saying Indy. Indy. I'm saying, like, you could, if your one loss is to a one-loss Michigan team or a one-loss Ohio State team, or if you beat both those teams and you lose to Minnesota. Yeah, if the one loss is like an un- – if the one – yeah. Yeah, if one loss is to, like, a undefeated Ohio State team, 13-0 Ohio State team, then – with Oklahoma losing this weekend, things maybe get a little bit more hairy in the Big Twelve. They're probably going to have at least their champs going to probably have at least one loss, um, probably oh, yeah. two, I would think, because uh, they seem like real even. Um, USC struggled a little bit this weekend. Yeah. So the Pac-12, Georgia struggled a little bit this weekend with Kent State. It was they were nineteen to twelve in the second quarter at some point. Gave up 24 points, so not saying that they're vulnerable, really, but that's a little bit of a concern. But there's definitely – I think there's a road to two Big Ten teams getting in, potentially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, besides – yeah, I mean, Ohio State obviously looked great, and Wisconsin might not be that big of a threat. But uh, I don't know. Penn State always plays this tough, and I think if especially if they're coming off back-to-back wins against Michigan and Minnesota, I think that's going to be, like, the game of games. That's probably going to be the biggest OSU Michigan game or OSU Penn State game since uh, probably our freshman year when you guys were two and we were like five, yeah, seven, something like that. That yeah. was an awesome game. Obviously, not for you guys, but still, still a cool experience. But uh, besides that, college football, nothing too crazy this week. Obviously, Miami lost to uh, Middle Tennessee. We had that Arkansas Texas A&M finish mm-hmm. that I pushed on, which God, God only knows how that happened, but. Lucky. Sometimes it better be lucky and good. But, uh, I mean, one thing that I've noticed about college football this year, I feel like the concentration of 330 games is because 330 used to be a big spot for CBS and the SEC, and obviously this is the last year of it. But the other stations, I feel like, weren't 
putting their best games there. Like Fox always loved the noon games and ESPN loved the night games. But I think maybe it's just that college football is just a little more spread out now with the talent because of these transfer rules, the one-time transfer, it's spreading out a little more, but the three thirty, like quote unquote, witching hour is awesome. Like between the end of the Florida, Tennessee game, the uh, Oregon, Washington state game. I mean, Notre Dame was a blowout, but uh, Texas tech, Texas, like, all those games, it feels like the end of the 1 p.m.s or the noons in the central time of uh, of NFL Sunday. It's 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 really awesome. I mean, I, I'm really digging how the 3:30 window has become like the the it's go-to great. to put your best games for a mar- for a for a television network. Yeah, and we had um, this will be a good little transition into the cards, I think. So I had a, I've been bad gambling. Um, what you see on Instagram, I've added stuff, and most of them have been losses up until this weekend. And I had some people up this weekend. We're out at a bar, and we struck out big time at the 12 o'clock games. And we're like, all right, like, forget everything you thought you knew about gambling. We're going to get sloppy. We made the sloppiest parlay we could come up with. We're like, App State against JMU? Like, who's JMU? They're getting six. We're like, we'll take JMU. Over App State, everyone think like App State is like they got the magic. They always win. Like they'll probably cover, so we'll go with JMU. I was like Texas almost beat Alabama. Let's go Texas Tech with the points there. And then Notre Dame was looking horrible with Drew Pine playing UNC, who's actually been getting a lot of love through that money line in there. And it just sparked something. Sparked a great three thirty slate. All those hit all come down to the wire except for Notre Dame. JMU's down twenty eight to three. And we're yelling at our friend who gave us the pick saying, we can't even watch this game. We can't even get it on a phone. We might be able to, like, FaceTime a JMU student. It's, like, not even on ESPN+. Plus. So we're, like, you. not only did you pick a stinker, we can't even watch us lose at the bar on our phone. So this is horrible. But they come back. They win outright. Texas Tech wins outright. Notre Dame wins outright. And then I spun it. We spun it. To the, I was like, all right, we're getting sloppy on Sunday. I'm like, everyone's going to be all over. I was like, the Colts stink. Colts, money line over the yeah. Chiefs. Dol- the Bills are the best team in the league. Dolphins, money line over the Bills. And I was like, the Jags are only getting three against the Chargers. Money line. Threw all them together, plus 2,700, and smacked. So I'm on an absolute heater. And the ending of that. Chiefs Colts game and then the Dolphins Bills game with the punt into the other man's into his protector's butt right out the back of the end zone. I was like on pins and needles for for three hours and then uh, Trevor Lawrence came to my rescue, made an easy three thirty slate. So I'm feeling really good and I'm ready to to the board this week. I just went against everything that I thought I knew about gambling, and it's been working. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, that's like one of the principles I uh, I kind of gamble on. Like, knock on wood, I've been doing pretty well this year. Uh, well, more I'm more of a college football gambler than an NFL one. I usually find ways to uh, lose money on Sunday because if I'm up a lot, I kind of just throw it around without really thinking, which is which is a bigger issue. Um, it's about self control, which uh, which we're working on. But um, yeah, so like. The way I look at things a lot of times is I try and fade the public as much as I can. Uh, when I started gambling, uh, I started – well, I first started, like, enjoying gambling. When I was a, a kid, I would watch um, The Fastest Two Minutes, and Boomer would have the lines up. And I was always confused why it would be, like, minus one, and then they would lose. Like, he would pick them to lose. 
So I started Googling it and stuff. And uh, I was in like probably second, third grade because uh, we lived in Connecticut. My dad used to actually know Boomer a little bit. He uh, he sold him beer. He worked at a uh, liquor store or a package <laughs> store, as we used to call it, that Boomer used to go into because it was in close proximity to uh, where they all lived near the ESPN headquarters when my dad was first uh, first in the U.S. working there. But uh he, uh, so I was, I always loved him. I looked into it. I was like, this is awesome. You just like pick games. So like by the end of high school, I started gambling and I started out the way most people do, you know, like just betting the obvious, losing a bunch of money or whatever. But, uh, as I got older, I started to like make a realization that, uh, one of my former bosses used to tell me that, um, gambling was for rich people to lose money and rich people like him to lose money, not poor people like me to make it when I was in high school and I was thinking, I was like, well, he's right. And he said that, uh, if everyone won Vegas, wouldn't look the way it does. So I started to think about it and I was like, well, why don't I just bet against what the public's betting every game? Like whatever I think I started it with whatever I think I'm going to do the opposite. And I started like making actually some like decent inroads into like making profits on gambling. So like now, like a lot of my basis for like, how I model my gambling strategy is largely based upon like, okay, this line makes no sense. The public's taking the side that like everyone would think to take. I'm taking the opposite. Like Maryland, Michigan last week, I was like, everyone's on Michigan. No, give me the terms. They're not as good as everyone. And like, that's, that's like a lot of how I gamble. And you'll see that throughout my cards. If you've been paying attention so far, there's a, there's a lot of wacky picks in there, but uh, knock on wood more than often than not, they do. Okay. Especially in college. Yeah, that's how I've been, and it's it's fun because you're like this is going to be tough, and some and when they win, you feel like a genius. When they lose, you feel like the biggest idiot of all time. Um, oh, hundred percent. Like there's a few fur- rules that I without have. Without further, oh no, no, go ahead. Yo, no. What are your rules? What are your rules? Oh, there's just a couple when it comes to certain things. It's like I just asked myself how stupid I would feel in the morning if I had to explain to someone what I took the night before. So if it's like. Like I'll take the risk a lot of times. Like one of the biggest plays in my life was uh, betting. Actually, my biggest play in my life since I graduated, because I had a crazy bet in college that pushed, but whatever. Since I've graduated, biggest bet of last year was uh, a 12-unit bet on the Baylor Bears to beat Kansas by two and a half during the regular season. Kansas ended up winning the national championship. And then my two biggest college football bets last year were – Bama to beat uh, on the money line, Bama to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. And then I flipped it. And then I took uh, Georgia against Michigan. Then I took Georgia against Alabama. But one of my general rules is if I have to explain to someone the next day what I took, who doesn't understand gambling, how disappointed would they be in me? So I typically try to avoid betting against like Alabama and like when Tom Brady was on the Patriots, like those kind of teams. But I've gotten lucky in the past. So. That's just one thing I keep in mind is like, how dumb is this that I'm actually doing versus like the public and everything. So. Yeah. You got to fade the public. Well, with that in mind, Dom, do you want to start kind of getting into like the second half of this with like a little bit of a preview and and get into this week's games? Yeah. And I think we can talk about, yeah, we can dip into a little bit of last week with the NFL, like how teams are looking overall, because we had some notes on that. But um, we'll just go through – we'll go through our cards. I think we can start – let's start with uh, – we'll go in order. We'll start – we can start with college and then talk about those games and then work into the NFL because we've been college-focused. We'll keep that on the same track. 
Um, so do you want to start with your with your cards? Then if you have any games that I also have, I'll I'll chime in. Yeah, uh, sounds good. So my first college play of the week will be the Friday night game, Tulane at Houston, Tulane catching three and a half. Tulane just come off of a win against Kansas State, who just won in Norman, if you guys saw over the weekend. So love the green wave this year. Pretty explosive offense down there. I think Houston's also, like, extremely overrated. They uh, came into the year ranked. There was some playoff talk, like some whispers, depending on where you heard it. Uh, Their quarterback's pretty solid. Um, He's a real tough guy. I mean, he went in and scored that game-winning two-point conversion against UTSA week one that UTSA did cover. Um, And Houston lost to Kansas. And I honestly, you'll see later in my card, that I don't think Kansas is that great. I think they've just been the beneficiary of a lot of public attention and – you know, a pretty weak non-con schedule that is, you know, covered up with some makeup because people thought Houston was good because they were once ranked. Uh, three and a half, give me the uh, give me the dog on the road, and the public is all over Houston, which I love to see because clearly people haven't been paying attention to the Green Wave. They're good enough that they could win the American. So do you have any thoughts on that game? No, I have no thoughts on Tulane at all. But I'm looking at the rest of your card, and we are going to be next up. You have UCLA plus three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I have Washington. A couple oh boy. Of li- we got a little bit of line discrepancies, but uh, I'm all in on Michael Penix. I don't know. I just see that line. I'm like Washington on the road, like laying points, less than a field goal on DraftKings, which is what I use two and a half right now. Um, I I love it. I don't think UCLA is that good, um, and I'm ready to, to start off my weekend with some money on on uh, Washington early. Yeah, so my thought with this game was kind of a rat line. Short, it, uh, it came out at minus three. I got it at minus three and a half when it moved a little bit. There's some heavy reverse line movement coming in, which for some of our listeners who may or may not know, reverse line movement essentially means the public money is pushing onto one side, but the line's moving in the opposite direction. So essentially some, when this happens, and it's not always correct, it's just a data point like anything else. When this happens, it essentially means that someone like a sharp gambler or someone who is trusted within the Vegas community has put a significant enough of a wager on the opposite side of the public that they decided that that movement needed to go in the opposite direction despite the public pushing it one way or another. So I saw that on UCLA. That's a big tell for me. That's a big data point. And also, they have a great rushing offense. I believe it's like top 25 in the nation, if not a little higher. And uh, I just don't really trust with, uh, Washington's defense. They have a lot of DBs who are kind of younger. I think their top two corners might be out, something like that. And, I mean, it's Chip Kelly. Like, Chip Kelly kind of – he used to run the Pac-12. I think uh, Michael Penix is a little overrated, and I think Washington as a whole is is kind of uh, being gassed up by that Michigan State win. I think Michigan State is fucking horrible. So uh, I'm going to take UCLA with the points. They I stink. Mean, it would they be, be the worst ranked. Like, yeah, that's what. That's the first one. I'm looking like we have many. That's one of many. Um, maybe we put some stakes on the line. I don't know what we could come up with now, but maybe something to have to to do. Um, but we can brainstorm that later. Uh, yeah, we're going to be on the opposite side of a lot this week, which oh will be interesting. Um, next up, what do you have on your on your list? See, so I have Purdue bo- I see some plus big ten and a half. It's a it's a twelve and a half line now. I think I took these all on Sunday night, so I've added some to some of them. I've 
doubled and tripled down on UCLA actually a couple times, but Purdue, I probably will stay away from doubling down on this one. Um, I'm banking on Aiden O'Connell playing. I think he's the difference in that game. I think Minnesota's overrated. They haven't really played anyone. Uh, I think it's one of those things where classic uh, Big Ten West team gaining steam, but I think Purdue is still one of the upper echelon teams of that conference, and you guys saw when you played them. I mean, they have they can score on anybody, and I think uh, I think um, ten and a half is a lot of points for a conference game, even on the road against a pretty good team. So I think they could even win outright if O'Connell plays, to be honest. But uh, any anything yeah. on that, or should we move on to the next one that I see we're on the same uh, side for? We can move on, and this next one is like the, the fishiest, stinkiest, smelliest, mm-hmm. sloppiest line I've ever seen in my life. It makes no sense, which is why we have to take Ole Miss – Minus five and a half. It's up to seven now. I'm still going to take it. That line to me, like you see it, you're like, oh, number seven in the country on the road, uh, getting a touchdown. Like you can give me the better team plus a touchdown. There's going to be a lot of people who it's their, they're new to gambling who are going to take that. And who knows? Kentucky might be the better team. They might win. But a line like that makes you think. And I oh, thought. 100%. That was the first thing this. I saw. Pu- public road dog higher ranked team. A lot of people just bet on those little numbers next to the team that mean nothing until the college football playoff ranks in the season. Uh, Ole Miss has a lot of talent on offense, Jackson Dart and Zach Evans in the backfield. I mean, obviously Will Levis has, uh, has done me really well the last couple of years betting on Kentucky, but I see a line like that. It doesn't even matter. It's, it's an unconscious bet. This looks like shit. I'm taking the opposite of what everyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. Let me fade every public dog that I can. I mean, I I, I love that you're on that one as well. So we're, we're cooking with gas here. No argument from me. All right, on to Utah. They're playing – who's Utah playing? I don't have them on my, on my card. Oregon State. So my thought process there is Utah, everyone's darling to start the year. You know, went into the swamp, lost a game that they probably should have won, um, especially there at the Definitely end. Definitely should have at least got to overtime. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So my thought process there is, yeah, these it's not necessarily isn't your uh, your older brother's Utah defense, but still got a lot of talent on that team. They should again should have won week one in the swamp. This would probably be like a seventeen point line if it wasn't for that game, and then also Oregon State last week putting up a good fight against USC. Think about USC that Oregon State took advantage of is Oregon State has some legitimate NFL corners on their team, and they have a certain toughness about them that uh, USC isn't 100% ready yet, especially with their lack of offensive line talent currently that I'm sure Lincoln Riley is uh, very pressed on improving. But I don't know. I think Utah's going to bully them. I think it's going to be similar to how they played Oregon last year where they just stepped on their throats and just they took it right from them from the jump. And I think Oregon State's really overrated. They should have lost to Fresno. They should have probably lost by more to USC. So give me Utah minus 10. That's another stinky line where that seems really high, but uh, give it to me, especially when they're at home. So I like the Utes. And then you have UNC, who I don't – who I don't even know. I'm not sure who they're playing. but Yeah, UNC, Virginia Tech. Uh, I bet on Virginia Tech last week. Had to watch uh, Daniels on West Virginia carve them up all and down the field last Thursday. Uh, even with Enter Sandman playing, they weren't really much, much, much there. So uh, UNC, I mean, last week they they still can't stop anybody. I think Virginia Tech's offense sucks. I think they'll move the ball up and down on them, and I think it's a nice bounce back spot for them with a big number eight and a half. Um, I don't know. I just like the Tar Heels. I think that was a tough matchup for them last week because Notre Dame's got a pretty good defense. I think they, uh, I think they take that one in Chapel Hill. 
Nice. Yeah, I don't have anything there. Um, now we're post again. Florida State Wake. Um, I don't know what your thought. But I watched Wake play Clemson really tough and put up a lot of points on what should be a good defense. Uh, I mean, they give up a lot of points, but that's just who Wake is. Getting a touchdown, though, I like Wake. Um, it's up to seven now. I see you got Florida State minus five and a half, so we got some room there where we could both win. But the way that they sling the ball around the field, they could be down by 21 in the fourth quarter, and covering seven is not really an issue potentially. Yeah, for me, this is another public fade. A lot of money's coming in on Wake. Um, the way I think about it is Florida State went into Louisville and uh, beat a, what, I, what I consider a pretty solid Cardinals team. Uh, on the road with their backup quarterback. Uh, it's still Florida State. They haven't recruited super well the last couple of years, but they do have better athletes everywhere than Wake does. I think it's just a, way, uh, a letdown spot for the Demon Deacons. I mean, imagine putting everything into that game. That's your big spot against a top-five team at home, national televised game, Hartman's coming back. Like This is like the momentum coming from last year when you were in the New York when, when you won a New York Six Bowl. Like, everything's lined up, and you lose in double overtime. I think this is just a huge letdown spot. You got to go. I don't know. I think Florida State's at home, so you got to go to Tallahassee. And another thing to keep in mind is that hurricane. I mean, uh, thoughts and T's and P's out to everyone who's got to deal with it, who's being relocated or whatnot. But uh, thinking of it purely from a gambling perspective, you know, if the winds are whipping and there's any type of conditions, give me Florida State. I mean, Wake does not run the ball at all. So if they're if they're throwing the ball in, in crappy conditions, I mean. Five and a half is not going to be a big number if they can run all over that defense. So that's that's my logic behind Florida State. Fair. I don't know what you thought. No, that's fair. I just think it's a lot for a Wake team that's pretty good. Um, the next game I stayed away from, but you got Iowa State minus the two. Um, I would lean Baylor here. I think Baylor is better than people think. They're playing Kansas. They, were my they playoff lost to Baylor team. last week. Oh, see, Baylor is better than people think. That would have been yeah. a good bet. I did bet Baylor against Iowa State. So that's a winner. I'm one to zero this week. Um, <laughs> they're who are they playing? They're playing Kansas. Everyone's darling. Oh, I have Kansas. I am on this game. Iowa State stinks. <laughs> give me, give me Kansas. Yeah, I mean, my thought process here. <laughs> My thought process here is everyone's like, Kansas is 4-0. Kansas should be ranked. It's like, all right, Kansas hasn't really beaten anyone, and they let up a lot of points. Iowa State's got a pretty good defense. They lost to a good Baylor team last week. They kind of got jobbed by the refs. I don't know. I think it's like the new kid on the block is they're they're, they're ready to be put in their place, you know? And it's at 3.5 now. I got it at 2.5. I think I bought half a point here when it was at 3. I, just, I like the clones. They're, they're adults. They got an adult head coach. They're ready. I mean, I love what Leipold's doing there down there in Lawrence, but that's a basketball school. So give me give me the Cyclones. Yeah, because the Cyclones are a football powerhouse. Gone <laughs> are the days of Georges Niang carrying the Cyclones to uh, – he got hurt in the tournament, but shout out DeAndre shout out Kane, Georges. Monte Morris. Uh, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boys, if, if you boys are listening – Please come on the pod. Shout and out Georges, Georges Niang. Uh, Georges uh, Niang, if you're listening and we know you are, DM me on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> um, next up, you got the, the Terrapins laying seven. Yeah, I got the Terps. Mine, I bought half a point here. It's up to eight and a half now, or eight, I believe. I just think Michigan State is fucking terrible. 
And I think the Terps have a lot of fun guys on offense. And they, I think they kind of gave away gave, gave away that game. And, and they're going back home. I mean, I, I love this Terps team. I took their team total over. I've bet on them a bunch of different games this year. I mean, feed me the Terps. Give me, give me Tua's better younger brother. All right. Well, speaking of that, that game is on right now. And the Bengals... We'll throw. We both picked the Bengals, and they have just scored, so it's seven nothing. Oh, let's um, go! Joe Mixon touchdown. Joe Mixon touchdown. First drive. Dolphins look undisciplined, and they look tired already. I will say, um, and it's a little bit of a whiteout. They got the white tiger helmets, the white logo in the middle of the field, and they gave out white shirts. So, if I knew that, I would have bet even more on the Bengals. Uh, shout out to the power of the whiteout. Um, but moving on, next game is another trap line for Mississippi State's for a Missis, a state school of Mississippi, Mississippi State, giving points to AM. Um I mean A and M lost to App State. I think people still are like respecting them for some reason. Uh they should have lost to Arkansas if that game was kind of wild. Um and I, I think people are gonna be on them because they have that little number next to them and people knew that they were top five to start the year. But I think Mississippi State is this is going to be a game they get up for. And I think you're on the same page. Yep, 100%. Just, you know, I, I was on uh, Texas A&M the last two weeks, so winning a push, some big some big money coming through on those games, and now second the public's back on them after they forget about App State, right back, up, right back against them. Mississippi State, Mike Leach, I mean, that's all you need to know. They're going to throw the ball over the yard. This team will get up for it, and uh, – I think it's I think it's self-explanatory. That that line stinks to high heavens. Go go get ready to cash that ticket. That's one of my one of my favorite mm-hmm. bets this week. Um, we moved next. The, yeah, uh, some ACC plays. Clemson. Yeah, I'm on Clemson minus six and a half. Um, this is. I want to say it's one of my favorite bets of the week just because I still think DJ is not the best, despite playing pretty good last week. But uh, I think M- NC State's just just fraudulent. I mean, they should have lost to East Carolina to start the year. I, I don't think they have enough talent. I don't even think they're as talented as Wake, arguably. And Wake obviously gave Clemson a pretty good run. Clemson's back at home. And, again, hurricane effects. Like, NC State's going to want to throw the ball and try to exploit that defense similar to Wake did. I think. I also think the receivers are much worse than Wake's. They don't have an A.T. Perry walking out of that locker room. And Clemson, six and a half is pretty short for a Clemson team. Just keep giving me the value. I mean, last week I was on Wake. Now I'm on Clemson. I mean, Back and forth, baby. Back and forth. Yeah, I have no action there. <laughs> and then you got Louisville as well. Yeah, I just think Boston College sucks. I mean, there's there's not much to this one. <laughs> Fair. Um, Jeff Hathley. Yeah. This is a great defensive coordinator. This is a bet against Boston something. College. What? More of a bet. More of a bet against Boston College than on Louisville. Hundred percent. It's a bet against Boston College right. and. Uh, I don't know if you have um, anything there. No. And then Wisconsin, which I don't have anything on either. But what do you have in Wisconsin? Yeah, so my thought with Wisconsin is they just got embarrassed in prime time. Um, everyone's already on the Illinois. I think they have like 91% of the handle right now. But, you know, I mean, obviously, Illinois looks better under Bielema. That's fine. Um, I just think this is a classic JV versus varsity matchup. Uh, Illinois does, has not recruited the athletes yet to contend with Wisconsin or the big guys up front. Um, it's Bielma bringing the same scheme. Jim Leonard played against these guys in college, you know, running that scheme. So I think they'll be ready, and I think it's a bounce-back spot. And 
Uh, Graham Mertz plays pretty well against bad teams, and I don't think Illinois is a good team. They, I mean, they lost to Indiana. That's all you need to know. So that that's yeah. that's that there. That's, that's and then tough. this is another game that we're and then we're opposed against again. each other. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm not drinking the Alabama Kool Aid. I'm not doing really. It. No. I think that they're going to win, but I think it stays within the number. I feel like too many times I've seen Bryce Young. Oh, and Tyreek Hill. Hey, diddle diddle, Tyreek Hill up the middle. First play and up to the 40. Um, but you already knew that because it's Friday. Um, I just really got distracted. But no, I, Bryce Young, like, they kind of know that they're good, and I feel like they've sat around recently and not – like played up to their standard and I don't think they're going to cover it's at seven the 17 and a half what is is what it's at now yeah I got this at 16 and a half um in my opinion it's just a classic matchup of a team that likes to give up explosive plays in Arkansas and a team and a quarterback specifically who likes to make explosive plays in Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs and running at the tailback position I can see Bryce now just kind of floating in the pocket floating in the pocket hitting the guys on little screens, hitting guys on deep bombs. Uh, hopefully we get a 17-point win here, Go home, both go home happy. But, I mean, anytime I see the public against the Tide, i got to take the Tide. It's it's only happened a handful of times in my career, and I've, I've always jumped on it. Mm-hmm. So I got that one there, and then I got two more team totals before you can uh, round out your card if that works for you. Um, I got UNC team total over 14.5 in the first half, three scores. I mean, they can do that in the first quarter, in my opinion. And then I have Ohio State team total over 50.5 against Rutgers. We saw what they did last week. We saw what they did the week before. This offense have especially officially put the car in sport mode. C.J. Stroud wants that Heisman, and I think Ryan Day wants it for him even more. So give me points in both those games, and I'll be happy. What do you think for the rest of your card? Nice. So uh, I like Iowa against Michigan. Kinnick is a tough place to play. Uh, fun this is like I'm name dropping Aaron Chris like crazy this episode because I know he listens. Um, Aaron Chris gave me a little stat. He said the last five times the top five team played in Iowa, Iowa's four and one, and their only loss is um, to Penn State on that walk off yeah. play. So four and, and zero straight up, game. five and zero, four and one straight up, five and zero against the spread. Um, so again, I said I don't love Michigan. They're probably not going to score that much. There's going to be a crazy touchdown or something that happens. Uh, so give me give me the uh, Hawkeyes there, who have offensively have looked atrocious. But anyway, I like Oklahoma laying six and a half against TCU. I think they bounce back. Um, they used up their one freebie that they get to get into the playoff because they know they're going to they got to be a one loss champ now to get in. So they kind of have to run the table. Um, and I think they probably take care of business against TCU. I think when these when these good teams lose a game that they shouldn't, they come out firing next week, especially depending on, on the build of them. Like Penn State, typically, if they lose one game, it like deflates them for the season. But I think that uh, Oklahoma's uh, ready, to, ready to bounce back because we've seen it from them before. Um, in the service, service academy game, Army Air Force, Air Force has been a wagon. Today they got some... Um, suspensions like did you see that I didn't see that no but I, I had them last week uh, the team total over and they, they're pretty explosive on offense I mean I know I know Army they technically are. would know how to run it and know how to stop it but I think their athletes are just better 
Yeah, and Air Force uh, recruiting violations, two-year postseason probation starting today. But the Air Force Academy is not a team where you're going to see a lot of those kids leave because of that. Probably none of them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Because they're fighting for – they're playing for the real team, uh, the U.S. of A., which Mm -hmm. I wonder the U.S. of A. could probably get uh, some probation for some of their recruiting tactics for people (laughs) to join join the uh, Army and Navy. But that's – we'll save that for – tinfoil hat episode um <laughs> but yeah i'm also committing treason in this game by betting the over i know you're not supposed to ever you always unders in uh service academy games are hitting like at 80 percent since like 2015 and this number's at 38 and i think that's low um so i have air force minus 14 and the over just because this is one of those things where everyone likes to bet the the under and those stats are going to come out so i think it this one goes over um and everything else we, we covered, we were at odds. Um, but I definitely have more NFL than you. And oh, I think yeah. we covered most of the big games for college. So um, NFL, starting things off with Thursday night, we each have the Bengals. Uh, you have minus three. I have minus four. And as we speak, uh, Miami just kicked a field goal. So it's seven to three with six minutes left in the first quarter. I also have the over 48 and a half because – that looked like it stunk, um, but I think the Dolphins' defense can be gassed after that win last week. They were on the field for like 90 plays, um, and it's a short week on the road, so I think there's going to be a lot of points here. Next, I have – we can spend some time on this one. I have the Eagles minus 6.5 against the Jags. I'm going to keep betting on the Eagles to cover. Um, I'm certainly not going to bet against the Eagles as I have rooting interest, and it's on the right side of a touchdown, and Jalen Hurts is him. Devonta Smith is also him. Um and so is the rest of this team of dogs. And I'm starting to get nervous for how good they are. And I know, are you still not convinced on the Jalen Hurts experience? NFC no, player of the month? You, you guys didn't score again in the second half. Beat a real team. I mean, Does, if I had an angle in this game, I'd probably take the Eagles because I'm assuming a lot of people will be on the Jags after last week. But, I mean, the Eagles are also 3-0, and so you never know. But uh, this is definitely something I'm keeping my eye on for uh, after the Saturday slate. Are the... Uh, the Vikings not a real team because I'm pretty sure they beat the shit out of your Super Bowl champion Packers, who you would say are a real team. I don't know. That happens sometimes to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not worried. The Vikings looked like shit the last two weeks. I mean, I bet on them both times and it went horribly. So I don't know. The like I've, I've, I keep saying about the Eagles, the Eagles are very legit everywhere at quarterback. They are mediocre. All right. Well, he's when he wins MVP. Clip it. Fifty-eight minute mediocre. Mark. Clip it. Uh, yeah. Clip it. Yeah, he's gonna win. Yeah. Yeah. So I, oh, you're a hater. Um, I, was, I have the, this next pick, I kind of want to take off my card just to spite you. I have the Jets plus three <laughs> against the Steelers. Um, I think we might see Kenny in this game, which is why I like the Jets. It also doesn't really make sense. I think, the, I think everyone's going to be on the Steelers. Just when you see these two names and you've watched football for the past 10 years, you're like, this should be like seven to 10 points. Cause the Jets have been, so bad for so long and the Steelers have been consistently good, but I'm uh, fading myself here and taking the jets. Um, this next one stinks. I just like to have action on all the games. I'm taking the Falcons plus one against the Browns. Um, I don't know why. I just think it's the right pick. I don't like either of these teams. I, this is a game that like, I'm probably is going to be on red zone and I'll ch- update the score, but like, I don't Kyle Pitt, Kyle, big Kyle Pitts game. Maybe. I don't know. Taking the Falcons. I like the but Falcons I don't feel great about it, which makes me feel, which makes me feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Giants minus two and a half against the Bears. Um, for someone who's coming at Jalen Hurts, the fact that you think you'd rather have Justin Fields, that you said that. No, that, that was wrong. Is... That was wrong. I'll admit that was wrong. Okay. I, they, like, they obviously don't trust him. There are 32 quarterbacks who have attempted more passes than him. That's every team and then two on the Cowboys. <laughs> He's yeah, 33rd in passing attempts. I don't know what to say there, man. That's we're all. On, I mean, I, I love Justin Fields. I hope he's good, but I think yeah. the, the the fate of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL and the perception of them is solely in the hands of C.J. Stroud now because Justin got a raw deal. But I mean, they they don't trust him at all because that offense is putrid and they're not even letting it fly. I mean, it sucks when the regime changes after you're drafted, but yeah, I'd rather have Hurts right now. I mean, maybe maybe if they were opposites, it would look different. But and I think I think it's. I don't know if anybody could succeed outside of some legends in the Bears' circumstances right now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't look at you and say I have valuable sports opinions and say that Justin Fields is better than him this year, at least. All right. that That's all I needed to hear. Um, <laughs> so I like the Giants there. Um, this is another one. I think everyone's going to be big on the Colts, and everyone's low on the Titans right now. So divisional game, I'll take the points. Three and a half for the Titans against the Colts. Probably going to get real sloppy on a little Sunday parlay um, with the Titans money line. Um, I think the Colts Colts are due to, I don't think they're that great. I watched a lot of that game. They got a couple bounces went their way. Um, I like Tennessee. Vrabel normally can keep the boys in order. So points in a division game there. Um, Panthers are, are favored over the Cardinals, which to me made no sense. So I naturally took the Panthers. I literally am just fading myself on every single pick here mm-hmm. because I thought the board I was like, oh, these seem like Brown should beat the Falcons, Steelers should beat the Jets, and I'm just like going against myself. So that's really that's just the principal game. Um, that's just being cons- that's called being consistent and not uh, not digressing from the system. Then also, Mac Jones is is uh, out, so we got Brian Hoyer. I like Brian Hoyer keeping it close against the Packers. Um, another one that I'm like, oh, the Packers should win this by a million, so I'm taking the Patriots. And then the Broncos plus two and a half. I just like betting them. I think that they're due. Like Russell Wilson has to have a good game eventually. Um, and then rounding it out with the 49ers plus one and a half against the Rams because another one where the Rams are better, why are they only favored by a point and a half? Um, I really am just fading myself. Like if I go Owen whatever this week, I will feel like a, an idiot. But I think I don't know what's going to happen. Gambling is such a shit show. You never know. Yeah, for my NFL card right now, I'm only on the I'm on the Bengals heavy tonight. Knock on wood, and then I'm all, I'm also on the Jets. Zach's back. I like the line. Hopefully, his mobility helps us a little bit. I'm not going to talk too much about that because obviously last weekend we looked like shit. But whatever. Jets fan, ride or die. If Zach's the answer, I'll be the happiest man alive. We'll see. Um, just going through your picks real quick. I like the Falcon. I like a lot of these. I love the Falcons. Love the Panthers. I love the Niners. Um, he uh, Shanahan has McVay's on, uh, number. And weirdly like the Buccaneers against the Chiefs. I mean, everything in my being tells me not to take the Chiefs to lose two in a row because, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a one-point line. So they're either going to win by one and I'll push or they're going to lose. So, But everyone's on the Chiefs. They're expecting a bounce back. And uh, may, maybe Tom Brady just has Mahomes' number. So... 
I obviously uh, don't have a ton on my NFL card, and I'm, that's not my preference of where to throw my coins until Sunday. But because uh, I like to have all the all the information, but if I had to put a card out right now, it would be Jets, Bengals, Falcons, um, Panthers, 49ers, and Buccaneers. So that's our cards. Nice. We're, and we're definitely more we're more aligned there. Yeah, and. Uh, I think that's we're gonna probably even go more in depth when uh, when that's more of the exclusive episode all onto itself. Yeah, but uh, for sure, it's just a little taste. So, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get these logged and um, we'll be. I mean, Dom right now is twenty three and twenty on the year, and uh, Colin is. Let's just check this real quick. Uh, so Colin is 28, 17 and two Dom is 23, 20 and one according to my calculations, which are always right. At least when I write them down. <laughs> so, all right. So you want to get into this, uh, this young adult college post-grad advice and then, uh, yeah. watch the rest of this game. Yeah, got some really good, uh, really good. The most inspiring thing I ever said to you. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. All, All right, right. Everyone's everyone's favorite college advice. <laughs> First one is not so much advice as I guess we can advise on the situation, but just a hilarious thing that went semi-viral. We're going to the campus of Ohio state. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh my God. Is this the tree? (laughs) This is the tree fucker. (laughs) If you haven't heard the tree fucker yet, this story will blow your mind. So this is on the Ohio State University Reddit page. Tag not safe for work. I'm so sorry. I have to get this off my chest and try to explain myself here before I become known as the Ohio State tree fucker. This morning around 6.30 a.m., I come back to campus. I live off High Street, but I don't have class on Mondays and spent the long weekend home deciding to wake up early and commute back today. I didn't want to fall back asleep because I have an 8 a.m., so I was hanging out in the Oval, sitting on one of the trees to the right of the Thompson statue. Its branches are a little lower and I was using it as a bench to sit on at first, but then just sat on the back of the tree with my backpack and there was a hole in it. And I kind of started poking my whole, my fingers into the hole of the tree and some water squirted out. And I don't know. And I don't know what got into me. Oh, wait, sorry. I had to scroll down. And I don't know what got into me, but I really started going at it. It squirted again, and I might have moaned a little bit and went back to lick it. And all of a sudden, I heard a scream, and I turned around, and there were three girls staring at me with their phones out recording. And I was on their knees hugging this tree with my tongue in its tree hole. I swear I looked around, and there was nobody there before I started. I don't know where the girls came from. I want to apologize, and please, if you have the video, do not post it anywhere. I'm literally begging you. I'm considering going to OSU Student Legal to negate the fallout damage if the video does come up because I'm so scared. I will literally pay you not to post it, and if you have the video, DM me, and we can work something out so my life isn't ruined. Wow. Are these the type of kids that go to your school, you sick fuck? 
I will say I texted um I texted two of my best friends after well, I first heard about it in one group chat and then I saw it and I sent it to two of my other best friends, um, who you know very well, uh, Mike Naz and, and Dale. And uh I said uh, I said to them, I was like, I know at least like five to six of our friends who if I saw this and they were like, guys, did you read that? Please don't post it. It's me. I wouldn't be like terribly shocked. And that's nothing against them. It's just like, this sounds like something that like the, the difference is this kid is like generally concerned. Whereas I feel like this sounds like something like people I know would do as a joke. And I think if he just leaned into it as a joke and was like, yeah, like you can post it. I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm banging the tree. Like what, what's wrong? Like it's, it's been like, it's been too long or like jokes like that, like the co- like classic self-deprecation, I think he could have survived. But like the fact that he made it so obvious that like he wasn't doing this as a joke and like something went over him and like he's clearly like pretty bizarre. I mean, he's a Buckeye, so like I hope the best for him, but I, I don't really know how you can get out of this one, especially after you post that on Reddit. Like he had a chance to just deal with like if the video got posted, I mean, you get your five seconds of fame like – I've been on OSU Barstool in the past getting kicked in the face by a lady at a at a bar because she was screaming at me for, for some godforsaken reason. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I lived it down like it was gone in, like, 20 minutes. Like, I, she was just being an asshole, and she got thrown out of the bar, and I didn't. So I won. So, But, exactly, like, you just live that down after, like, a little bit, and it goes away. Like, this this kid has brought even more attention upon himself and pretty much admitted to the fact that he's uh, he's a little he's a little off. It's really hard to play it off as a joke when there's like nobody around and it's like on the, <laughs> yeah, know, just, or like the common lawn. He's like, oh, I, I'm just playing. I saw you. I wanted to make you laugh. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, to be clear. I honestly like I, I'm skeptical. If there's no video that comes out and he said three people were recording him, I think it's probably it could not be real. So I actually need to see the video to know that it's real. And I want to see it so bad. Yeah. So Maybe like, it's not that bad. Yeah, just to circle back when I said, like, I could see my friends doing this, this would not be them doing it alone. This would be, like, a joke, like, okay. funny thing. <laughs> like, not not trying to call anyone a weirdo that I that I call a friend. But uh, my thought here is, if this is all a big joke, this kid is one of the funniest people of all time to conjure up this thought, put it out there, and be like, please, please, let me pay for it, like, when it doesn't even exist. That is all-time humor, and if that is true, I want to find this kid, and I just want to shake his hand, because that's that's the ultimate prank. Especially on Reddit, too, because it's, like, very anonymous, and no one knows what's going on. You're not mm-hmm. even doing it for, like, anyone to recognize you. You're just doing it to hear someone, like, talk about it on their way to class. Exactly. I mean, I'm thinking... If this is true and it's fake and you all came up with it, I want to find out who this kid is and I want to have him on the pod. If it's real, I would rather never interact with this person because that's very bizarre. And no, like makes if it is real, tree fucker, if, tree fucker, if you're listening, please come on and we'll help clear your name. <laughs> all right. What, what's next? Uh, there's one one more uh, good one. It's a little postgrad. So it's like, hi, I'm not a student. But I'm in my first real job, hoping someone can give me some advice. I landed my dream job at my dream company after several years of long hard work. I've been here for about a year now, and things are starting to get a little hairy. Our busy season was over, and we had some time away from work, and people were in and out of the office, so no one was here too seriously or consistently. 
I found myself in a precarious situation with a female coworker, and our relationship developed and became sexual. Uh-oh. The biggest problem is that I'm engaged and the girl that I slept with is married to one of my bosses. I clearly wasn't thinking with my head and now I'm in some serious hot water. Now I'm suspended for a year and don't know what to do. Please help. P.S. If you have any advice on how to slow down Steph Curry, I'd like to hear that too. <laughs> so I don't know who this could be, but I'd love to. I'd love to help. Well, it's, it's clearly an accountant. He said busy season. It's clearly yeah. an accountant. Yeah, busy season's over. But I'm, so I'm sleeping thinking... with. You're engaged. Come on, man. So b- before the engaged part. I thought this was going to be a classic, like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. Shit where you I eat. don't know. Like, like what like what do I do? How do I get out of, like, the friend zone? Or, like, how do I, like, you know, how do I navigate this work, like, work relationship? And I was going to – my advice was just going to be, like, ah, oh, you know, best advice is usually don't shit where you eat. You know, like, I wouldn't be trying to, like, have your dating life go through work, blah, blah, blah. Post-grad, there's a lot of opportunities to meet people. But clearly that's not what we're dealing with here. I mean – if I was this guy, and I don't know, like this is, the, this is my first time hearing this story because it's clearly some like, you know, some accountant working a normal nine to five like most of us. Um, I would just say like make sure you get out in front of it and clear your name. Um, as bad as it as bad as it seems, you wanna you wanna make sure that there's nobody out there just throwing things on social media about you before you get to uh, say it yourself. And uh, I would say to apologize to your coworkers. And uh, maybe maybe not your boss because he's not ready for an apology yet. But uh, I would just make sure that this story doesn't become about about you, but it's you telling your story. I would agree. Um, I would also say um, you should DM if if there happen to be any like senators that were trying to stick up for your fiance. You should probably take care of that also, if that were to happen uh, by chance. That was, that was, um, I mean, the situation sucks. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there saying like, you know, like Matt Barnes posted that video defending him and then took it down and said, there's a lot more that none of us know. So I'm not going to overstep. I mean, that was, that was a great, that was a great uh, way to, way to put it in there. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a messy situation. So all jokes aside, but uh, that was, that was excellent. Excellent play, uh, Dominic. <laughs> Well yeah, done. Bravo. Bravo. In there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know what? For for the lack of structure that we have, we are like very consistently in the 115 to 120 minute mark. Um, and that's what right where we are now as we wrap up. Um, coincidentally, end of the first quarter in Thursday Night Football. So pretty good timing. Hopefully we get the Bengals to hold on and cover and we hit the over. But that's our show. Working on some new segments for next week so that we can try out this new um, twice-a-week schedule. And then we'll do a little recap on Monday of the games. And then we'll go full force on the cards um, on Fridays. All right, Tom, anything else? Or uh, will we uh, catch you at the next water break? Oh, Tua's airing it out. Tua's going deep. Picked off. Tua Tagovailoa just threw an interception. And the whiteout in Cincinnati is loud. That's it. That's my live uh, update. I'll talk to you Monday. And uh, for all you out there, we'll catch you at the next water break.